Homo sapiens. What an inventive, invincible species. It's only a few million years since they crawled up out of the mud and learned to walk. Puny, defenseless bipeds. They've survived flood, famine and plague. They've survived cosmic wars and holocausts. Now, here they are, out among the stars, waiting to begin a new life. Ready to outsit eternity. They're indomitable. Indomitable. Welcome to Into the Time Vortex podcast. We're talking about Doctor Who. We're talking about a classic Doctor Who episode from the 12th season of the classic series with Tom Baker called Ark in Space. I am Ken. Jeff. Julia. The Ark in Space is um, Tom Baker's first, from Tom Baker's first season, and it's actually the second story record. no, yeah, second story recorded, sorry, Centauran Experiment was the second story recorded, this was, so they were recorded out of order is, is the, is the take-home message. Um, but there's a series of episodes in a row that kind of take place one right after the other, so this is sort of like that first in a series. And, uh, what was the story? Um, <clears throat> the Doctor and Sarah and somebody named Harry, um, arrive on board a space station where there's all these people cryogenically frozen-ish. They're going to be revived to repopulate either a new galaxy or Earth after it's gone through solar flares and like basically the planet's been destroyed. Mm -hmm. But of course there's some some things on the space station who are <clears throat> trying to prevent them from doing that. So Harry is a companion. Yeah, I had no idea who Part he was. I, I didn't know where he came from. Have you seen did you see Robot? Yeah, we did Robot. Robot did was the first robot? episode. Yeah, the giant robot. Oh yeah. He was in that. We did that a while ago though. I don't remember. Yeah, okay. So, um, but he was like a Navy guy? I don't know. Yeah. He was like such a stereotypical, come along old thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, I fully expected him to be, you know, tiddly-poo. He reminded me of Chummy from Call the Midwife, <laughs> who talked like that a lot. Very stereotypical British. I kind of like the um, Sarah Jane, Harry combination. I know we, we've for the last six months, we've been bashing larger companion groups. This isn't really a large companion group. It's only two, but um, I, I kind of do like it, mostly because it's nostalgic to me, because this is really kind of like the first episodes that I had seen and really got into the show. Um, but as I will observe in the next episode, Satanic Spirit, I feel like... Sarah Jane and Harry are good with the Doctor, but I think Sarah Jane and the Doctor, whichever Doctor she's with, is better than with Harry. I don't know if Harry's the best companion. Well, Harry was cast before the Doctor because they were thinking of being an older person, and so they figured they have a medical guy to help. Yeah. Which they didn't go that route. Yeah. So, um, Harry's sort of like a... Um, almost like a comedy relief. He, he is out of his league, he's constantly fumbling around and the doctor's always calling him names and stuff, so he's never really taken seriously, but he, he doesn't have a lot of, he's not the action guy really necessarily. Yeah, he, Tom was, Baker is such yeah. an action guy, so like, like you just said, he kind of becomes 
Yeah, he's definitely the comic relief, I thought. And, and you know, just keeps plodding along and, and tr trying to make the best of things, even though he's way out of his element mm. and in over his head and just seems to kind of take it all in stride. You know, yeah. we're on another planet and there's these things and okay, there's a dead thing in the closet, bug, gigantic bug in the closet. <laughs> it falls on him. And it falls on him and he's just like, oh, okay. Well, most of the most of the companions did that in the classic series. Um, they accepted the situations fairly quickly. Most characters did. Um, you know, you would have exceptions to the rule, but um, it didn't take them too long to to get involved. And that's one of the maybe one of the issues. But <clears throat> Doctor got really annoyed easily with Harry too. Yes, mm -hmm. but he seems to be annoyed with everybody. Yeah. He just seemed annoyed a lot in this episode, in this four-parter. One of the things I like about Sarah Jane's character quite a bit, and it was she did it in both episodes, is she she always tended to, when she got angry at the doctor, she made faces, she stuck her tongue out at him, or or kind of just like um, was always kind of showing her anger or or whatever, or trying to get you know in Satan experiment she's trying to get. His, his attention so she puts her you know thing over her face yeah. or whatever she pulls her hat down or whatever yeah okay that and um I like that because I feel like that's Linda Slayton uh, improvising I don't think that's in the, necessarily in the script so I mm -hmm. think um this episode obviously is one of those examples where I thought even though she sort of disappeared for a while is one of the reasons why I like Sarah Jane a lot because I thought she was really good in this she was. Why was she carrying a kerosene lamp when they got off the TARDIS? Why not? It's doc the doctor is eccentric and instead of using a flashlight they Yeah, used. but the other person had a flashlight. Maybe they only had one flashlight. In the whole TARDIS? Sure. <laughs> well, I mean with with Tom Baker it was always especially you're stuff. you're gonna see stuff like that all the time. He pulls out rubber chickens and stuff like that. It, it just, sometimes it doesn't make any sense. It was just um, a little strange. Yeah. And I was surprised that they sort of semi-destroyed the scarf so early on in his run. Oh my gosh, it's, did it get shot by that thing? Yeah. Yes. The lightning thing. Yeah. The lightning thing that comes out of the ceiling when they land. They, Which um, was kind of odd, because what if they wake up? And they're like all disorientated. They walk in there and they get zapped by the lightning thing. Well, wasn't it going after them because they were not registered or something? Um, they weren't part of the crew. I they, think never, they, they never, never really explained really explain it. Explain it. I mean, they killed the the Warren. Yeah. But so, speaking of the Warren. Um, now, what are they? Warren. We're Warren. 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 Okay. Weirin. Mm -hmm. I could never tell what they were saying. Yeah, I thought it was Willen. Those were all, I always thought those were creepy. Really? I thought yeah. they were hilariously bad. <sighs> no, 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 no. I, I, I think they're one of the better monsters that they've done. I, 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 when they're on the surface of the station moving, I, I didn't think they were as impressive because they, you know, they're like, <laughs> um, and I, I, 
I kind of like the impressive when they're half changing humans. Oh, when Nola was changing? Yeah, except for the fact that it's obvious bubble that wrap. their arms are, are covered in bubble, bubble wrap. Yes. But the bubble wrap worked, though. Except when they were hitting the door, you can uh, hear a cough. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought that, that was all I kept saying. It's a green bubble wrap monster. But I thought it worked for the story, even though it was green bubble wrap. I mean, I guess they didn't have the budget or the ability to create a better-looking monster. But when the when the little slug things are creeping along the floor, oh, it was just hilarious. I mean, so I I, I kind of like that. I mean. You know there's a person stuck in there. Yeah, you, you know, but you, you kind of, what you do is you, 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 you go, okay, there's a person in there, but let's just pretend for a second that that's a, a vicious larva that's attacking them. I know. I have and trouble suspending this belief on this. I know there's people that, that have trouble with that, and I'm aware of it. I, I'm, you know, I, I mentioned, um, I, I read up on Arkansas. I'll get into that later, but the whole picture. But um, there's a scene where there's a bunch of green uh, bubble wrap, and then the eye kind of moves. And yeah, stuff. I thought that was that was neat. Yeah. Um, I really liked this one. I, I liked it ever since. I, I, this is like one, the first full one I saw. I saw part four of Robot. Mm -hmm. So this was my first full story that got me hooked on on the show. Yeah. I always thought this was one was great. Uh, I thought the character Rogan, Ro Rogan, was really good. He was the guy who was like, you know, kind of like the, that's it, we're all going to die, and, you know. Yeah, Rogan. He was like really um, negative through the whole thing, and a little bit of a comedy relief. I kind of liked him in the background, kind of just. And then he sacrificed his life at the end. Yeah. Yeah, so he, he was, overall, I thought he was a good character. I wasn't that impressed with anyone else. I thought the woman was okay, but um, I didn't like the guy Noah. Yeah, I, I, he was like the least evil-sounding bad guy. He just was. He talked really slowly, and he wasn't very menacing. Yeah, I thought his voice when he was turning into the woman was actually kind of creepy. Um. Vera wasn't bad. I mean, yeah. I mean, here's a story of the '70s where the woman is in charge, which, which is very rare for this 1975. Yeah, she wasn't bad. So I, I, didn't, have, I didn't you know, mind her. An example of a strong woman character way back in the classic show. Yeah. So um, the writer of this was Robert Holmes, um, rewriting. Uh, originally, it was supposed to be like part of a six-parter or whatever, or, or it was supposed to be like a six-parter, and it was reduced down to a four with a second two-parter. Um, obviously, there's a ton of references to Noah's Ark, Noah, Noah's Ark. Um, the, f the solar flares destroying Earth is like a flood, and now they're going back to repopulate. So, you know, they're obviously taking those references. The, the idea is like these creatures or whatever is sort of loosely like the th like alien although i think this is before alien wasn't it yeah it was the 75 yeah, yeah. so um, but there's been other movies um that have been sort of like this so i i am um, i have memories of liking this episode a lot and when i watched it i i was a little let down by it i, I was like 
I had seen this one a lot, so maybe it was one of those episodes I'm like, oh, okay, I've seen this enough times. But I haven't seen it in years, so a lot of them from this era, like like um, Horror Fane Rock, I'm like, wow, this is. I was really impressed. I liked it a lot. Genesis of the Daleks I saw recently, and um, but this was kind of like, mm, whatever. <laughs> wasn't quite as good as I remembered it. Did you know, I read this somewhere, I don't know how true this is, that Moffat thinks this is his favorite Tom Baker story. I think Russell Davis thinks this is his favorite Doctor Who episode. And Tom Baker likes this episode a lot, too. He thinks it's one of his favorites. And I'm just like, I think it's a little overrated <laughs> with that, because I don't think it was that good compared to so many other stories that I think are a lot better. I feel this one's kind of in the middle. You don't think it's in the middle, or you think it's one of the best? I think it's one of the best. Okay. I think it's up there. Yeah, I, can't, I keep wondering, you know, as, the more of these we do, I'm like, I wonder how I would have felt about this if I had watched it. I mean, I, I saw Doctor Who. <laughs> I don't remember any of the stories. Yeah. And so I wonder how I would feel if I remembered this, like watching this originally when it came out and hadn't seen the new Doctor Who stuff and gotten used to the faster pace, the the shorter story, you know, there's not six, eight episodes to an arc anymore, even though these are only half an hour, there's still, yeah. you know, when you add it all up, it's two or three hours sometimes. Well, there's so many different layers, because when you're a kid, and you watch stuff on TV, you could be, you have memories of being scared out of your mind, you know, like, you know I could say, Land of the Lost scared me. I remember a lot of stuff yeah. about that. You watch it now, and it's like, oh, wow, uh, okay. Uh, yeah, this was bad. But because you have that nostalgic, when you watch it again, even Land of the Lost, I would watch it, and I'd go, I remember being totally freaked out by this scene, and it still kind of would give me chills. When we watched it, it wasn't, we were older in our 20s. What, for August Space? Yeah. I was 10. Okay. <laughs> How old was I? Yeah. Well, when they first ran Doctor Who on PBS I was a teenager, in the so States, it was... Late was, 70s, early 80s. So, yeah. I, I was, um, I, I was, um, okay, I was in my teens, 15, 16 years old, okay, but... Uh, so, so maybe for you, Jeff, it's more like you did watch it when you were a kid. When I watched it, though, I was a little bit older, so it wasn't like a, you know... And so there's different experiences here, and you watched it um, just recently for the first time. So I totally get that, where, you know, maybe you like it a lot more because it's one of the earliest memories you have of the show, and you were, like, hooked on it, basically. This you know, one of the episodes that kind of got you going on it. Whereas for me, it was one of the early ones I watched, and I was starting to get hooked on it, but I, I maybe, I don't know. Um, I think what I'm trying to say is, you might be totally right. I mean, you're looking at it from different perspectives, but... Um. I mean, yeah, I think I think that's true. I know there's shows that I loved as a kid that I, re that I you know, if I happen to catch it, like, somewhere, Little House on the Prairie, I was obsessed with Little House on the Prairie when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't watch that now if you paid me money. Yeah. It's boring, Yeah. you know? And mm -hmm. saccharine, and not what I'm after now mm -hmm. as a grown-up. Yeah. I can't believe my parents sat through that with me when I was a kid, because yeah. I wouldn't watch that with my kids, you know, and so I think that probably does have a lot to do with it. Yeah, yeah I think so. I, I mean, um, I, I just, I don't normally, 
there, there's bad Tom Baker episodes. There's bad classic Doctor episodes, and, and you know I can't wait to get some to some of them because they're really bad, and I, I, I take quite joy into ripping into them. Sometimes not as much as the new series, but but with Ark in Space, I, I just you know I sat down and I was kind of like I, I just wasn't quite into it as much. I thought it was okay. I thought it was good, but um, I wasn't. I thought it was a little boring. Yeah, I was a little bit bored. I liked the first episode the most because it was just really the three of them, and they were just kind of figuring things out. And you know, I thought I know you probably thought the pay it was boring because they were just like for the whole. No, episode for, I agree with you. The first episode was was more interesting because okay. you didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. But then it just kind of. Yeah. And Harry went through that whole episode without shoes. Mm. He did. Um. So a couple of things, of, uh, I, I wrote down some information here. There's a scene that I remember watch, when I watched this recently where Noah's half transformation and he has a gun pointed to them or something, or some, something's going on. You mean this one? Uh, it might be. It's in the corridor. Yeah, in the corridor he's got and, the gun. And it was, a, it might, it, was it a cliffhanger? Yes. It was a cliffhanger. And in the second cliffhanger, they're talking to him, and then they go, okay, let's go, and he's gone. And I'm like, I, I noticed that, and I said, wait a minute, what happened? Where'd he go? <laughs> he just disappeared. And, and then I, I forgot about this, but I guess there was a scene that they cut where he starts to fight the, the word, and he goes to, was it Vera? Vira? Vira. And says, kill me, kill me. And they cut that out because that's too... Too traumatic. Too traumatic, and... I also had read, I, I didn't pick up on this when I watched it, but I guess that they, with the, Philip Hitchcliffe, when he took over the show, which was in Robot, right? Yes. He, he tried to make the show more gothic and dark and everything, so this is sort of an example of that, where they were, they're not as kiddish and stuff like that. I don't know, I haven't noticed a big difference between Pertwee and this, but, um, apparently they did in 1975. Because he got replaced midway through, and and then the worst era, the second worst era now, I should say. Um, the um, just out of note, the I didn't realize this either. Part two of this episode is the highest charted single episode for the show up until Voyage of the Damned. Hmm. I think it came in fifth in the week, and Voyage of Dam came in second. The David Tennant episode? Yeah. That Voyage of the Damned was one of the higher rated ep episodes? Well, it was a, a charted, like, like in other words, For the first week, like, was whatever, and then second was Voyage of the Dam. That was such a bad episode. Well, it doesn't matter. It was um, a bunch of people were watching it for the Christmas or whatever. But. Oh, that's right. It was a Christmas special. It was the icing. Okay. So, um... That surprised me because, I mean, it's not the highest rated episode, ratings-wise, because those are, are other Tom Baker episodes with 14, 15, or 16, I think. Was it like up against no competition or something? I don't know. Or? I don't know. They didn't elaborate on it. Hmm. But Tom Baker was definitely, I mean, when you look at all these episodes, they're, they're over 10 million. But that was about right for the show. They were always in the 10s, 12s. 
And then once they got to like City of Death and stuff like that, they had I think IT. City of Death is that the highest rated? Yeah, it's like sixteen or eighteen or something like that. They were really high. How do how did they get that many people in England? They had that many people watching the show. We only had probably two channels or three. We had a couple of well, channels. That's true, they did. Yeah, the independent channel that I think was on hiatus or something at the time, so that's why it got better ratings yeah. for that period. But now it's like, what does it get? Five million. If it's low, yeah, yeah, five million. Yeah. So. But that's because well, there's, there's a lot more to pull yeah. from. There's a lot more channels. So, um, I also I, I didn't pick up on this either, but I guess we we bring in the new episodes. Um, there is a continuity to the solar flare wiping out Earth. Um, in the part I read on researching this, they said the beast below is from that because they're off and they mention the solar flare. Solar flares, yeah. And then the episode Smile, Smile is one of the colonies that had fled Earth. Wasn't the second episode with, um, um, New, New Earth? Eccleston? Oh. Was, um, that, with Cassandra, with the Lady Cassandra? The end of the world. That was solar flares that were going to destroy the planet, wasn't it? Yeah. It happens a lot. There's a lot of solar flares. Well, that might be not bad. It might be look at the, looking at the same. Because I think event. if you <laughs> if you look at the space station that they're on, Eccleston and Rose, it's similar looking. Yeah, maybe. To the one that that they were on in this, it's very similar looking. Hmm, maybe. And to the one that they were on uh, when they were doing the TV show, you know, reality TV shows oh, on Satellite Five, right? That yeah. Is. Yeah, I mean, maybe that was just how they built everything. <laughs> but well, there might be some connections to it. I mean, I read this off of Wikipedia or the TARDIS. TARDIS wiki. Wiki, and it, it seemed odd to me that they wouldn't have mentioned that. And but yeah, I guess that you know, there's definitely some connections there. Maybe, or, or if you want to do that, you want if you want to make the connections, there's connections there. So, I thought Tom Baker was really good in this. Um, you know, it's not as my favorite of his, but, you know, he's there and he's, you know, seems to start, you, know, you could see him starting to fit in a little bit and, you know, he starts to take over a little bit and improvise a lot and... He's starting to find his character. Yeah. He's starting to be more relaxed than he was in Robot. Yeah, he was, um, he was funny and he had, you know... He had some good lines. He was kind of a jerk at sometimes, but you know, yeah, that's par for the course. It's grumpy fourth doctor. Yeah, I thought the sets were pretty good. I mean, um, for it's Doctor Who, they're about you know they're white, uh, white and um, clean sets, and there's another base under siege story. Yeah. I mean, the spaceship wasn't horrible. I mean, it was obvious they only built that one little section, and there was no windows. Um, well, on the hot corridor, you could see out in space. Yeah, but there were no windows. You could tell there was no glass or anything there. Well, it's a special kind of glass that's really hard to see. <laughs> so. Um, wow, you got all the answers today. I know, right? <laughs> the Christmas lights in the background of the stars. Right. Yeah, the fourth doctor has periods of grumpiness. You know, I knew he did. and. Um, it's funny. But it, you know. He wasn't bad in it. It just and then and he does that little smile that like he just stops and then does that big grin and you're like okay you're right. Then we get further along in his era and he's too silly. Yeah. yeah. He starts looking at the camera and smiles. Yeah. The Graham Williams era. 
the second worst error of Doctor Who. And I liked the or Jelly positive. Babies reference. That was hmm? the Jelly Babies. Yeah. Kept offering people Jelly Babies. I knew that was his thing. Yeah. That and the scarf. You ever have Jelly Babies? I've had Jelly Babies. I've had Jelly Babies. Yeah. yeah they're actually pretty good. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they're, they're really they're good. Addicting. Yeah, they're very addicting. You can eat the whole bag, and then you know, five bags later, you gain yeah. ten pounds. Six dollars for a little <laughs> bag of Jelly Babies. But yeah, they're good. I think you can find them at the Brits R Us shop in Northampton. You can get them off Amazon. You can get like a big box of them that's bad. Because then you have a whole box of them and they're just sitting there saying, Eat me, eat me. Yeah. And you're like, That's how I feel about gummy bears. Mm. So, uh, anything else about this one? Nope. Okay. Thanks for listening.